Welcome to Elevate Your Direct Sales Business with Kelly Northcott. I'm your host, Kelly Northcott, and I'm so glad that you're here. I've been in the direct sales industry for over 20 years. When I was in the field, I was a top performer and leader, and now I have a growing coaching business that helps direct sellers of all titles from all companies build businesses that they love. If you're a direct seller who wants to get more out of her business and have fun doing it, you're in the right place. Tune in each week to learn systems so that you can scale and grow, implement mindset principles and practices to get out of your own way, and get coaching to break through to new levels of your business. In this episode, we're going to talk about learning virtually. And although I'm going to focus on conference, this episode is really for all direct sellers, even if you're attending conference in person or not at all. As a direct seller, most of your training throughout the year is done virtually through things like Zoom calls or pre-recorded trainings. So this episode is going to help you get the most out of those. Over the past several years, I've attended many virtual events, and I discovered two things that helped me get the most out of the virtual experiences. The first one is having a group of people to do it with, and the second one is blocking out distractions so that I can focus on the training just like I would if I were there in person. Now, when I first started attending virtual events, I did them by myself, and I didn't make it a priority to participate in the live training because I knew I would have continued access to all the recordings. And even though I told myself that I would go back and watch them all, I still haven't done it. So after a few conferences of that pattern, I started setting myself up for success. I blocked out my schedule. I set up my computer to play it on the TV so I could watch the conference on a big screen. And I pre-planned things like lunch and dinner. Now, I don't have kids at home anymore, but my husband works from home. And at the time, his office was right off the main room of our house, which is where I was watching conference. So I would have him spend the conference days in my office so he wouldn't distract me. Now, I did my most recent conferences with my accountability group, and these are the ones I've gotten the most out of. So my accountability group is still all in our own homes, but during the live sessions, we use our group chat to ask each other questions and share ideas. And because I'm doing it with my group, I attend more sessions live than I would if I were doing it by myself. And I get more out of the live sessions because I can ask my group questions in real time. My accountability group meets each week on Zoom. So after each conference, we always debrief the conference and we share our ahas and then we talk about what we're going to implement first. Having a group of people to do this with is going to help you get more out of it because you're going to be more accountable for being there live or at least watching the replays. And you'll be able to get different perspectives on the content as you all discuss it. So let's go ahead and talk about how to find this group. I'm in the same coaching program as everyone who's in my group, and someone posted in the program's Facebook group that she was looking for an accountability group to keep her on track. And I saw the post, and then I stalked her page, of course, and then I decided to go ahead and give it a try. So there's five of us in our group, and we've been meeting every Friday morning for an hour-long Zoom call for almost a year now. And if I weren't part of this group, I doubt I would have launched this podcast. So I think a group of two to eight people is a good size. The advantage to having a smaller group is that you're less likely to be able to fall through the cracks for accountability, but the disadvantage is that if someone drops out, the group might dissolve. An advantage to a bigger group is that there will be more perspectives and ideas shared, but it might be hard to follow a message thread if eight people are in it. So if you're starting to think about a group, you probably already have some people in mind. So go ahead and start with them. And if you all feel like you need the group to be bigger, 
each of you can invite one more person. Now, if you don't have anyone in mind, look at your team's or your organization's Facebook groups or your company's Facebook group to see if anyone else is looking for a group. Or talk to your upline and see if she has a friend who has team members who are putting together a group that you can join. Now, if you're invited to participate in a group and it seems like a good fit, great, go ahead and join it. And then be sure to commit to showing up for the group, at least for this conference. If you decide to turn it into something more, great. But at the very least, you'll have an enhanced conference experience and you'll make some more connections. If you have a team, you can put together a virtual group for your team. If you're attending conference in person, don't commit to participating in the group chat during the live sessions. In fact, you don't even have to be part of the group. They can carry on without you. You don't have to wait for an invitation to join a group or for your upline to put one together. Any of you can put together a group on your own. If you want to be a leader, start leading now. Take control of your success. The worst thing that's going to happen is someone's going to say no, but I bet there are a lot of people who who would love to have a group to do this with, and most of them are probably sitting around waiting for someone else to take the lead on it. Once you have your group, the next step is to figure out the logistics. So if you can meet in person, great, go ahead and do that because that's going to be even better. Even if it's just for one of the days or even if it's just one or two of the people from the group. If your group is meeting remotely like mine does, choose a communication system that works for everyone. We use Facebook Messenger because we obviously all have Facebook and that works really well for us. But decide what's going to work for your group and then whatever you decide on, have it open during the sessions. It's really going to make it a lot more fun to have a group of people to do this with, even if you're not physically together. Now, if you can all watch it live, that's great. But if you can't, try to schedule a time that works for all of you to watch a replay at the same time, and then you can use your messenger or whatever you're using for your chat while you're watching it. And it's going to essentially be the same experience you would have if you were all watching it live. Now, if you can't find a time for all of you to watch it together, determine a deadline to either watch all the replays or come up with a schedule to watch each session. Then plan to meet on Zoom and debrief the content, or you can continue to do it through your message thread. Giving the group a schedule or a deadline will help you consume the content in a timely manner. Now, whether you're doing the conference with a group that's getting together in person or getting together remotely, or even if you're doing conference by yourself, commit to participating in the live stream or watching the replays by a specific date. Conference is just a few days and it only happens once a year. And when you do it virtually, it's probably a total of just 12 hours or less. Your success is worth a 12-hour commitment. Now, one of the advantages of virtual learning is that you can do it whenever you want. But the big disadvantage of it is that you're tempted to multitask while you do it. Avoid this temptation as much as you can. If you're doing two things at once, you're only getting half the benefit of both. Now, when I'm talking about multitasking, I'm talking about giving your attention to anything besides learning. So this includes driving, shopping, walking, playing with your kids, setting up your party, scrolling through social media, cleaning and working out. Now, if you would rather clean than watch conference, maybe you should think about whether or not this is the business for you. But when you're watching conference, just really try to focus all in on it so that you can really absorb it. You don't have to rewatch it if you, if you miss something and you're going to be able to apply it much faster. If you were at conference, you wouldn't be multitasking while you were in a session. 
Whether you're watching it live or as a recording, set yourself up for success and eliminate distractions. Now, part of this is going to be figuring things out for your family. And the other part, probably the harder part, is figuring things out for yourself so that you can fully focus on learning. So get some childcare for your kids or set them up with an independent activity and watch one session at a time. Plan some fun meals. Make it really special. So maybe order out or pre-make some of your favorite things for lunches and dinners. Stock up on your favorite daytime beverage or get a frou-frou coffee before the session starts or go during the break. Just make it really nice and special for yourself. Make sure you get some of your favorite snacks. You're going to be absorbing a lot of information and your brain's going to be burning a lot of extra calories. And give yourself, you know, treat yourself to something fun, like a new notebook and some post-its, because you always are going to need more post-its, and get yourself a new pen. Put your regular work stuff away, including your social media. You can go ahead and check on your parties and social media during your breaks. And if the live stream has a chat feature, and that's a distraction for you, then go ahead and shut that off too. Participating outside of your normal environment might be helpful because it's going to be a change of routine. So this is going to signal to your brain that this is different. And whenever your brain realizes something's different, it's going to give it more focus. So you might want to leave your house so you can also leave behind your day-to-day distractions like your dogs and the laundry. Someone might let you use a conference room in their office. When I was a teacher, I had access to my classroom over the summer. And I'm, I might have considered you know, going to my classroom. So some of you might want to get a local hotel room. You don't even have to sleep there. You just need a place without distractions. A lot of libraries have meeting rooms that you might be able to use. Or maybe you can use one of the library study carols and just put on some headphones. Or even just go to a Starbucks and sit sit in the back corner with your headphones on. Now, if you can't leave your house, have a dedicated room where you won't be interrupted or distracted. If you have an office, you might want to use that. But if you're going to be tempted to use your social media, organize your supplies, or make graphics on Canva, because that's what you do when you're in your office, choose another place. So sometimes I'll do my virtual learning on my patio or in my bedroom, so I'm out of my office. And I just take with me what I need. I don't bring you know everything. I just bring maybe my laptop and my phone. Now, most virtual conference schedules have about six hours of programming during the day, and there's usually an hour or an hour and a half lunch break, and most are done by dinner time in the conference time zone. So if you can adjust your work or your home life schedule so that you can be on it live, do that. If you can't, then block out the next weekend or maybe chunks of time over the next couple weeks so you can focus on the, the content without distractions. The advantage of watching the replays is that you can pause, rewind, fast forward, and speed up. The disadvantage is that most people never get around to watching them. So let's go ahead and review the things that are going to help you maximize your virtual experience. First of all, you want to block off the time to consume the content, whether you're doing it live or scheduling time for the replays. Second, you want to eliminate distractions so that you can focus on the presentations. Third, you want to set up accountability and camaraderie for yourself by finding another person or a group of people to do this with. And fourth, you want to make it special so you can have some fun. All right, let me know if you have any questions and I can't wait to see how you do it. And I would love for you to like post a picture of your, you know, your setup or where you're doing it with or or your screen with your accountability group, but share your success and I look forward to hearing all about it. Thank you for tuning in. 
and be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss anything. And if you haven't already, leave a five-star review and tell your friends about the podcast. If you have any questions about anything you heard on this episode, or if you have a topic you want me to talk about, send me a DM. I'm at Kelly D. Northcutt on Instagram, and I love to hear from you and celebrate your success. Oh, 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 oh